This week on the Get Ranked Movie Podcast, TV pilots get ranked. Hello, Mr. President. Did you have a nice trip, sir? How's the ankle, sir? What's wrong, Chief? Having a little trouble walking? Uh, Get off me! Get off me! Uh! Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Get Ranked Movie Podcast, the show where all pop culture stuff gets ranked just for fun. I am your host as always, my name is Nick, and with me as always is my co-host... Cody. That's right. So if you're new to our show, as I said at the beginning there, there's a show where we take a topic each week and Cody and I go and we rank that topic and then we discuss and have shenanigan-filled discussions and, and arguments and... Anything else that comes <laughs> comes with that. Um, this week, as we said at the beginning, during the intro, we are doing our top 10 TV pilots of all time, which this is, if you're keeping track, technically this is our first full television-themed uh, episode. We did uh, best TVs, movies. Or, yeah. Movies, yeah, movies based on TV based, shows. Yeah, based on TV. So it had some TV element and talk in that, but we decided after getting done with our big month of Marvel, which has taken up the past, almost the past whole month of April, the past few weeks, we thought let's take a hard left turn into into a different category here and do uh, some television. So we will get to that a bit, a bit later. First, we want to let people know about some, sh- some show notes for today's episode. So last weekend was a big one. <laughs> Probably the big one of the year. For those of you who don't know, last weekend Avengers Endgame came out to the tune of an unprecedented... $1.2 billion worldwide. It's insane. It's, it's unbelievable it, how... It is unbelievable. It, it's, it's breaking records left and like, right. I, and like, it's, honestly, if Thanos snapped his fingers and killed half the planet, that half, that other half that lived went and saw Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so many people. Um, but because that movie came out, and because a big episode of Game of Thrones premiered, a big polarizing episode of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. premiered on Sunday night, and Cody has caught up and has watched the first two plus this week's episode, uh, which apparently wasn't called the Battle for Winterfell, which everyone thought of, or thought it was going to be. Uh, it's like the night of the or long something. night. The long night. There we go. Um, so since that came out and that has a lot going on, Cody and I knew that him and I went and saw Avengers Endgame together. We, we tried not to talk too much about it. We did, but we didn't because we went to a restaurant afterwards and we didn't want to spoil it for people. So Cody and I really haven't had that much of an in-depth discussion about what we liked, what we didn't like, if anything. Um, and Game of Thrones, we haven't talked about it at all. But we knew our Avengers Endgame review and discussion was going to be so big because the movie is three hours long. We decided for this week we are going to do top five instead of top ten. So we're going to do our top five TV pilots. And the beginning of the show, we're going to go over Game of Thrones for as long as we feel we should. And then we're going to do our Avengers Endgame review, which we will do a non-spoiler beginning for a few minutes. We'll give our kind of general thoughts. And then we'll clearly let you know when we're going to spoil the hell out of it. We'll also put the notes in the description of the times when these spoilers start. So if you are fearful of missing when they start, I'm going to go in after the episodes put together figure out the times and just let everyone know the spoilers start here and and end here. and end here so you can skip ahead and not you know 
mistakenly skip into the middle of a spoiler. <laughs> exactly, because we're going to spoil the hell out of it. Um, but we'll get to that all in a little bit. First, we'd like to start with a little bit of news, which, Cody, do you want to give us... <laughs> you like you like giving some news. Yeah, um, and some of you may have already seen, I shared this one on Facebook. We have a trailer, finally, <laughs> an actual trailer, for Sonic <sighs> the Hedgehog. Yeah. Which, yeah, we do. <clears throat> I'm less excited about it than i was seeing how they modeled sonic was look he looks awful yeah he looks awful Um, did you see the picture someone changed his eyes out for steve buscemi no but i did see the picture (laughs) where um they took the still of him standing with all the rockets around him and photoshopped the proportions to be what sonic should look like that looks awesome and I don't get why they're doing that. Why they're making him so anthropomorphized. Be, you, know, like, you don't need the way, that. The reason I read, I mean, and I know it's not, it's all, you know, speculation, but what people are saying is it's pure mocap. They don't need to adjust limbs. They don't need to adjust. Uh, he he looks so like stupid. a furry. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a furry. He looks like a guy in a costume. Bad. And like, they if made, they yeah. did that for Detective Pikachu, where they went, oh, we're going to change the image of this beloved character just to fit our purposes, Mm-mm. people would be furious. And people are furious. People are about furious. This. But it's like, not just that, but I also don't like that. And, and I'll give credit, I like Ben Schwartz, the guy who's voicing Sonic. But why didn't they just get the original voice actor, the guy who's been voicing him for years? Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. You know? I, just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It's when pain. I watch when I watch this movie, if you watch this movie, it will be it will be a when, but it will not be in theaters. It will truly only be for Jim Carrey. Which I am excited. The final clip of the trailer where it you know glitches out and it cuts to him in the full, yeah, the full outfit outfit for whatever. I don't. They still haven't said what they're calling him. I don't believe. Are they calling him Robotnik oh, or Doctor Eggman? It's Doctor. It's Robotnik. I it think. is Robotnik. Okay. Yeah. Let me. I, let had, me see. I was looking at it the other day, and I think it is Robotnik. <clears throat> I hadn't seen, and maybe they'll make references as Eggman. Who knows? But it, which why was that? I'm not all I, it's, up on Sonic the Hedgehog, but I, I mean, I know, I know, I've heard Eggman, I've heard Robotnik. I think it's just interchangeable. I don't really know the yeah. reason. Um, but the They're other part him of it, Doctor Doctor Ivo Eggman Robotnik. Okay, so both. <laughs> and Egg, Eggman's in in quotes, so maybe that's like a nickname, you yeah, know, because he's so. bald. Because he's bald, yeah, um, exactly. But, but I, he will be the only reason I watch it, and and it, it truly looks like Jim Carrey's having a lot of fun, which I like. That I like. I did see an interview with him <clears throat> at something about a month ago, and they asked him why he was doing Sonic the Hedgehog, and it wasn't asked in a way like, "Why are you doing this?" You know, they said, "What you know, what why you what brought what drew you to do that movie?" And he said he looked at it as a way to get back to kind of the fun, over the top goofiness that he got to do back in the '90s with like Ace Ventura, and he specifically called out Ace Ventura. So that means I, I think I'll enjoy it because I love He's Jim Carrey's one of my on. favorite actors of all time. Um, so I'll be happy to see him back doing something like this and see if he does go full like 90s Jim Carrey. But it still isn't enough to get me in the theater. Right. And again, I'm excited. But the trailers almost make it look like they're trying to make him to be the good guy because they don't. I mean, you know, he, it's a good guy, bad guy. You know who is who on that. Yeah. But it's well, it, it's making it look like. Sonic's the bad guy and Dr. Robotnik's the one that has to stop yes, him because he's because working it, it's, with the it's, military. He's working with... Yeah, exactly. It's the government wants him t- captured, so who are they going to bring in? Let's bring in the scientist guy. So he's, he's still the villain, but yeah, it's 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 that old reused story trope of, oh, we got to get this thing. We, it, it's Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't understand this. We have to go after him, you know. Yeah, so I'm, I'm 
mildly excited, not as excited as I am for Detective Pikachu next week, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, maybe a theater watch, maybe, most likely DVD, but, you know, it's, and it's... Been, I, uh, I did, like, this picture I saw, it said, oh, God. I was just going to say that they actually interviewed the uh, cinematographer for Detective Pikachu, and they asked right. him what he thought about the trailer of Sonic, and he was pointing out just a couple things. It's like Detective Pikachu looks so much better because Detective Pikachu was shot on film. Sonic's shot really? digitally, um, so it like captures the colors. And I'm I mean, very. That's a, I. I like that he that detail, but I I hate that that cinematographer did that. Did he specifically say that it looks better because it's on film? Well, I think the question was. Why does the Detective Pikachu look so much better? And that was one of the things he mentioned was film okay, was versus say, digital. That, that, that's pretty a pretty you know crappy move to to be like, well, ours looks better because we're you know right. But but if it wasn't and, in that way, that then you know I, I've never liked when they try to like combat right. people against people because you know I, I felt bad when it come to Sonic. I always feel bad because it's like yes, it looks terrible, but there are people who worked hard on it. Oh yeah. No one's no one has ever set out to make a bad movie, unless you're Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> um, but no one has ever set out to make a bad movie. Someone when they were animating that film, most of them think we're doing something cool, and it's it's it always ma- like I agree. I'm not going to see it. It looks bad, but I just feel bad knowing somewhere people put this trailer out, and there are people who are working on it going, oh, really? That's their response? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just I feel bad about that type of stuff, but I I always have feel bad about that stuff right because you know people work hard on it but i did see a funny picture that said jim carrey suffering from massive back problems and it said down below uh jim carrey because he has to carry the sign the hedgehog film i saw that one yeah (laughs) it's like that's that's pretty clever because you know that is going to be a main reason like me i'm not going to watch it in theaters but it's a main reason i'm going to watch it because i want to see jim carrey you know sure thing um and I, i did notice you know just a couple of the nods to like the Green Hill Police Department. Green Hill has mm-hmm. always been the first level of just I like, I any like, Sonic game. Yeah, um, I like the tagline too. Witness the genesis the, of a hero. Yep, the, yeah. I was like, that's nice. I said, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I I thought it was corny, of course, but I like it. Was it was corny, but it was neat. It's perfect. Because it's not, because your, your video game fans will catch the reference, but it also works on its own too. Sure thing. And, and I thought it was cool. I mean, this is not, I mean, they might do this for the movie too, but that the Paramount stars were the rings. Yeah. And, you know. Because so I don't know how neat. else they're going to use the rings and you know someone else made the comment where after the credits knuckles will come out and you know invite sonic to the boom initiative shenanigans (laughs) i i i am very against though when they do these movies like this where they have to force a human element Mm -hmm. why does it have to be he's in was san francisco it looks like it's always san francisco and he meets you know cyclops you know why does it have to be like, like the Smurfs movie did that. Like, why do you have to do that? Just give us a movie that is set in the Sonic universe. You can right. still have a live action villain. It can still be photorealistic. But why does it have to be, oh, I'm going to be caught up with the government and, you know, I'm in San Francisco. Like, I hate when they do this. It's it's never good. Right. And I mean, they are, you know, localizing the areas like the Green Hill thing. Green Hill, exactly. It, it is the giving an in-game explanation. locations, kind of. But... And I mean, yeah, but you look at Detective Pikachu, and I mean that is based in a human world, so that's not exactly. It's not too much of a stretch. A stretch, um, it, it, but that yeah, is like you plot, said with the you know. Smurfs, that's totally outrageous. Self-contained, yeah, self-contained out in the woods. You know, and you don't need Neil Patrick Harris running around. 
being right. Neil Patrick Harris. If he wants to run around and do that, let him be Count Olaf. He's good right. at it. They could have just, yeah, made it the Smurf Village and Hank Azaria as Gargamel. Yeah, which I think the third Smurfs movie that, whatever the last one was, did that. The whole movie was just uh I didn't Smurfs. make it past the first one. I, I haven't watched any of them, but I just remember from the commercial, it didn't show any live-action people. It seemed like it was all, like the Lost Village or something that was all okay. self-contained, which is good. That's what you need to do. I've been clamoring for a Transformers movie like that for years. Right. Um, the first 10 minutes of Bumblebee, I, I'm going to just put out, I love the movie Bumblebee. It's really good. It's the first really good Transformers movie. But the first 10 minutes of that movie is set during the war on Cybertron, and it's awesome. I mean, I'm still waiting for a legitimate Beast Wars movie. Yeah, that'd be great, too. Give us, you know, all of them. Dinobots, whatever you want to give us. Like, just put, set it up there. We don't need humans running around. But anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog. That went on longer than we expected. That's not bad, though. <laughs> I'm okay with so, it. There's um, a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack in that trailer that yeah. lasts for, like, two and a half minutes. <laughs> and least of all, Gangster's Paradise playing. Oh, God. Yeah. The, <laughs> that, that's totally what I think of when I'm playing Sonic. Oh. Uh, aren't you listening to that when you're playing? I am all the time. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I then, mean, oh, go ahead. No, that's the biggest news. But if you had something more to add on Sonic, just nothing on Sonic. But just we can talk about a minute or so. Did you see the uh, the new Child's Play pro- uh, poster? Not yet. So, <clears throat> Toy Story released a poster a few months ago of Woody like walking away from like the camera, like from us, and he's he's tipping his hat, looking back, looking back at the audience, and you know it says you know. <laughs> Whatever. Well, Child's Play released a new poster because if you don't know, they come out the same day where you see Woody's arm flopped into frame and it's they've changed the colors. They get sued and he's got Woody's hat and there's blood all over and it's Chucky's foot walking away. And it's like, you know, obviously just so like that Chucky murdered Woody, you know, and then it's just such good marketing because they both the come out the same yeah. day. I just and yeah, pulled it up the side marketing. by side, both pair, both posters. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Child's Play marketing. Whoever's in, head, in charge of that is doing a damn good job. They've been doing putting some pretty cool stuff out. <laughs> They've done one for 420. They did a thing of him with pot smoke around his face. They did a, they did an Easter one. Like they, whoever's in charge of that, that was a very smart move with this poster to to kind of call to the fact that hey, we're coming out on the same day as another movie about toys coming to life. Hopefully, the parents don't take their kids into the wrong theater. Oh my God! Wouldn't that be? Oh, you know that's going to happen. <laughs> oh, there's going like to be outrage, and the parents are going to be mad about it. Yeah, because if an old por- old person comes up and takes their grandkids, what movies would you like to see? I'd like to see a movie about that toy that comes to life, <laughs> and they're going to see Child's Play. <laughs> you know, those theaters are really going to have to crack down on their their employees saying, "Okay, which one? Exactly. Child's Play with the murderous doll or Toy Story?" Oh God, that's gonna be great. You know what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, is absolutely well, gonna and then, happen. Yeah, the, the parents are gonna do it by quote unquote accident, and then blame the theaters, and then blame the movie yes. people. Like with like Sausage Party, taking kids in there. It's like uh-huh. no, that's your own fault. Exactly. <laughs> do your if research, you don't, if folks. You don't, I was say exactly. If you don't do the research to figure out what movie you're taking your your young kids to, you shouldn't be taking your kids to the movie. Like, no. But yeah, that's the news. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought that and that's the way it was. I'm not sure the way it was. Okay, so now we're going to move on to a hotly contested thing that I didn't expect, but after watching it, I did. Yep. Uh, the Game of Thrones third episode, which actually we can kind of, if you want, Cody, you we can do like a quick little like what would you, what do you think of the first two episodes that have aired so far before we even get into the battle? I thought the first two episodes are fantastic. Um, it's 
bringing everything together. It's you're, you know, it's tying everything up to put a little bow on this series. Oh, on spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to spoil the first three episodes of Game of Thrones. So if you don't want to hear that, look at the timestamp and jump ahead to whatever you need to listen to next. Yeah. Um, but mm. no, tying a pretty little bow around everything where that bow ends up. I don't know. Um, setting stuff up too. You know? Oh, setting stuff up. I'm, so my biggest thought, the end of the second episode, where uh, Jon Snow tells mm-hmm. Daenerys who he is, and then nothing on the she, whole... But she didn't react to that the way I think people expected her to. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know where I, this is going. I've seen thought that, like, could she become a villain? Do you know what I mean? In yeah, terms of, like, where I, where I she think... doesn't want him to have the throne? I don't, I'm, I'm curious I mean, to see how they deal thing, with that. The entire series has been, I am the one that deserves it. Now that yeah. she suddenly knows that she is not the one She's that not. deserves it, what's going to happen? Yeah, that I'll be curious to see how they handle that. Or if it'll be like a, you be the king, I'll be the queen type thing. Which I, I, I bet that's probably where they're leading. But I think it'd be more fun thematically if they did it. And then, I'm the whose side now. is the dragon going to be on? If the dragon is alive even anymore <laughs> that's true um, that, yeah i didn't even think of that no I, what i appreciate about the second episode because i think the second episode is one of my favorite episodes in the entire series itself mm-hmm. because it is such a good and we'll get into why i don't think they they didn't cash in on the promise they set with this episode with episode two but i feel like episode two was such a big kind of like last hurrah for a lot of these characters oh yeah each character kind of got quiet moments where they were just sitting together talking you know you got the whole room around the fireplace with Tormund, everything Brienne. about that whole scene with oh, the, so sitting good. around the with, fireplace with, and i yeah, teared Tyrion. up when he was knighting her when, when he knighted her that was awesome but you know you also got the little moment with uh the hound and Arya and and sansa like it was such it seemed like such a big kind of last here are these characters you've loved for eight seasons or seven however many we're at now i think eight um and this is kind of their last moments to be together before they all get brutally murdered in the big battle, which, yep. like I said, they didn't keep up on that promise because we ended up only losing like four or five people and only two of them truly mattered. <laughs> right. Um, but no, I love that episode. And that's like you said, that scene with Brienne was so good. Mm-hmm. Like how awesome, how good of writing is it that uh, I wanted Jamie Lannister dead so bad <laughs> the first few seasons. <laughs> To where he's now like my favorite character. Yeah, he's the one one of the ones that he's he's kind of totally had a change of heart. Yeah. I mean the land he's finally he's repaying his debts. He is. And <laughs> and what's I never thought of it that way, but I it was called out now. He doesn't die during the Battle of Winterfell. I thought for sure he was going to because I felt like with him knighting her, that was kind of like the last thing he he could do, story wise. You know what I mean? He's come full circle. She saved him. He, you know, knights her, gives her a big thing in re- in return. Like, it was such a good moment that I thought, okay, he's going to bite the dust because they've kind of brought him completely full circle story-wise, which is obviously they, we know now they didn't They kill didn't, him. and I think they're keeping him around because he's going to have a big role in the fight against Cersei. Correct. And I do, I, I, I remember reading the line, like, my brother thought the Hound was going to die. I never once thought the Hound was going to bite it because they're saving him. I guarantee it. He's going to have to fight the mountain. Okay. Yeah. Think, think about that. Yep. You know what I Fighting mean? Fighting his brother. How great would that be? The last few episodes or whatever. There's a scene where he has to fight the mountain and they could both die fighting each other. Right. But I just, I think that's what they're leading to. If anyone can fight the mountain, it's got to be the Hound. And I think that would be awesome. 
Right. But okay, so let's get into the episode. Uh, before we get into uh, the long night, the, the presentation of the episode, I'll put it. Okay. Would you just give me your general thoughts on what you thought of the episode? Actually, screw it. Just talk about whatever you want to talk about. You want to get into that first? Go right ahead. <laughs> well, because I was thinking, you know, I can't really talk about it without getting into that. So I'll just right. put it out there. I, I laughed the past couple of days of all the people saying, if you couldn't see the episode, you need to turn your brightness up or get a better TV. Okay. I have a 65-inch 4K HD TV. Me too. All my lights were turned off in my house. I wasn't streaming it. I was watching it live on HBO through my cable box, and I still had problems seeing it. And yeah. I get everyone's thing is, well, you know, they set it up. The night is dark and full of stars, which I get that. It's a horror scene because they're fighting zombies. I get it. You can have a dark scene. That necessarily wasn't my problem. It was the fact that they decided to cover the entire battle in a wintry fog and snow and ash that made it even harder to see on top of the dark. Yeah, they made the episode, and I understand that's the presentation that they were going to going for, but they made it too claustrophobic, too too yes. accurate to the battle. That, and you, people, the action took place so close to the camera, I thought Michael Bay directed this thing. <laughs> So, and yeah, no, that's been the, the biggest bit. And like when I, I was watching it, I was watching the HBO Go stream and I was attributing like the, um, what's called color banding where when it's fading from a black to a slightly yes, less yes. dark black and it's like, you can see the bands of where it shifts. And it's like, am I just, is my internet just crappy? Is am I, do I got a bad quality stream or is there too many people streaming it? No, I looked online and they said, no, that's <laughs> H- HBO's compression because yep. HBO does it like that and it's you and you got to think why would they let it air like that when who where was quality control on this episode mm-hmm. this episode that, looked it's funny you say that that is exactly what my brother said he watched it too and that was the first thing he said he goes how did this make it through the producers or HBO without someone saying we can't see anything right and no that's and that's the biggest point of contention on this episode. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple other negative yes, thoughts. Yes, I do too. <laughs> but I just want to say before people completely vilify us, I love this episode. No, I really I, liked it. Yeah, I it liked was it just too. A, it, it, it was just a problem with that. And, I, and like I said, I, I laugh at people saying, when you need to fix your TV, I shouldn't have to. And that was another, like, even they, even they were saying... Maybe HBO should have put something out ahead of time. You may need Up to adjust your, your set or yes. you um, set don't... these settings. And they sh- but they shouldn't have to because they shouldn't I have watch to. I shouldn't have to calibrate other... my TV yeah. to enjoy something. To enjoy something, you know what I mean? Like, sure, you shouldn't make your show so dark that I have to go into my settings. Which, granted, it's not hard. I'm not making it seem like oh, it's like the hardest thing ever. It's it's the worst thing. But I shouldn't have to. I don't go to a movie theater and expect and have the movie be incredibly dark and go up to the projectionist and say change the brightness. You know, right. I shouldn't have to do it at home. The other comment is, when are they going to start showing this? In when are they going to start start showing episodes of Game of Thrones in movie theaters with the proper calibration? Like, I would, (laughs) I think this episode would be fantastic on a properly calibrated and like fully uncompressed signal. Like, if we were seeing it in a movie theater, you know, the you know sixty terabyte video file that streams sixty frames a second in perfect brightness, perfect sound. That'd be be fantastic. I'd pay to go see it. It's a movie length, an hour and a half. Yeah, 
you Which, know um i thought they were doing longer episodes this season i thought they were that I knew is there were six longest episodes. episode of the series well no i thought they were going to be doing like hour and a half episodes for each episode this season just they because are there's they so are few. i think for the next for the last ones i think next week's i know for sure is an hour and a half right so i think I saw... the last the last four so last this past one and then the next three i think are all over an hour in length right. and then that's it um but yeah so i i definitely liked the episode and here's just a few notes i took um, one thing that completely blew my mind, I didn't think they should do, and I didn't want them to do, all the Dothraki got wiped out right away at the beginning of the battle. <laughs> it was an awesome scene when she comes and lights all the swords, and, and I love the scene. The way they did it is really cool, how it's completely dark and you see the swords going out one by one. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. And I, like, my brother was like, I wanted to see it, you know, I, and I've seen other people online, so I really wanted to see that. I am happy they didn't, because I think that's more scary. Because we know what's out there, there's zombies. So it's scarier yeah. when you know that, like, oh, God, they're getting wiped out. My biggest fear was, is Sir Jorah going to die out there? And then he comes <laughs> riding back on his horse, you know? But, like, that's all the Dothraki. Like, these characters right. that we've had since literally the first season wiped out in, like, ten seconds. Which, yeah, that one that one was, you know, kind of a... Oh, it's... Yeah. Um, trying to think of the word. A less than ideal. Yeah. Thing. For kind of anticlimactic there form. we go yeah it's like <laughs> um i definitely let's just get it let's get into the deaths i didn't think for as big as a battle it was i feel like they really held back on character deaths for i think show, me yeah. and everybody expected this to be a bloodletting and it should i have expected been. another red wedding yeah it should have been or it should have gotten to the point where the people who were left were only the main ones we need to continue so you had the one guy die out in the battlefield who helped, who saved Sam. I don't know that guy's name. The, the one-eyed have, guy? No. No, that, that, no the, the one-eyed guy was the next one. He's the, one, the guy with the guy. flaming sword. Or the flaming sword. Yeah. He died, which, same deal. Cool character, but, eh, you know. Uh, you had Leanna Mormont, which objectively was a pretty badass scene when she's getting crushed by the giant, but stabs it in the eye and kills yeah, it. Yeah, for how much that she was, fought that back. Was that was really cool. Yeah. But she's not a big character, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you have the two big ones. You have Theon, which was a good, which is a cool death. Like he, he, I knew before the episode started, he's toast. His characters come full circle after last week, where he talked to Sansa, and you know they basically forgave him, and he, you know, forgave himself, or you know, came back and like, I want to fight for this place that I took over. You know how many seasons ago? Like he right. was pretty much dead on on right on arrival right there. But his scene was still really good. Hmm. Uh, and then you have, to me, the biggest one of the episode, the one I figured was coming as well, but didn't want it to, Sir Jorah. Yeah, that was, a that was I think, the most upsetting death for me. Mm. Which, like I said, I saw it coming before the episode, just because I was kind of figuring who they could lose, but it still sucked. Yeah. And, no, I mean, I think that's a good summary of, I mean, that's that's about where I put the deaths. Um, yeah, and I, and I just think there should have been more. You know, and I don't want these characters to die, but just realistically, I think, to build on what they built, what they did last week... And then only have these people die. Like it just kind of seemed like a letdown. Well, you got to remember, there's regard. one more big battle. I don't know. I they're going to kill everybody, and I, I mean, so here's who do you think's going to take the throne at the end of all? I don't think it'll be Jon Snow. Me neither. Um. Well, you never know. He is the he is he the, is the rightful heir. Fire. Uh, so it could be him, but I honestly have no clue now. Like, no. like even at this point, three episodes away, I still don't know. I mean, the show will keep you on your toes for so much. Um, but, and then just one other note I had, 
Uh, Arya was 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 a badass. I have comments but, on that, but it was way too easy for the big villain of the series, the Night King, getting taken out so easily, where she drops the knife and just stabs him. During the moment, I cheered. Like, I literally out loud went, yeah, like, oh, that's awesome. You know, like, when she comes jumping out of the snow behind him, I mean, of course, he's going to grab her. He's the Night King. That's what he does. Right. Um, I thought it was awesome the way, you know, it, it was awesomely shot how her dropping the knife, catching it, and stabbing him. Yeah, but it was good. I personally didn't like the her flying out. I wanted no one to kill her. I wanted her to be, like, I was expecting Bran to stand up, take off his face, and be Arya, <laughs> or the, the second-in-command uh, White. I thought he was going to, you know, take off his face and be Arya. I wanted no one to kill, not necessarily just Arya to kill him. See, I was fine with, with the way they did it. I just questioned how she was able to get that far without being stopped. Well, that part doesn't surprise me, because she always is the sneaky one now that she has all yeah, the skills. Yeah, but, but I mean... For she sees through every zombie's eyes, which we I guess you could argue he did see her coming. Yeah, because he does turn and, and grabs her. But I just I, 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 I really liked it. I just it was just odd for a split second. But it is a really cool, rousing moment. I am happy it wasn't Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people probably expected it and wanted it, but I didn't. Jon Snow's done a big enough big moments in this show. Give it to someone else. And Arya has earned that part. Yeah. You know, she saved her brother. She has come full circle, too. Like, mm-hmm. if you'd asked me a couple weeks ago who was going to kill Cersei, I was going to say Arya. Not now. Now that she was the one that took out the Night, the Night King, it'll be someone else. Yeah. And I, I think that's why they're keeping Jamie Lannister around. I think he's going to be the one to kill That'd be cool. The Cersei. prophecy was uh, she'd be killed by her brother. So. That was the prophecy she saw when she said all of her kids were going to, when she saw all her kids were going to die, mm-hmm. that she'd be killed by her own brother. So that could be. And that was like three seasons, four seasons ago. Mm-hmm. So exactly. So that well, was a good episode. I just I wanted more of the Night King. I feel like he was taken out real easy and didn't really get to do much. The dragon fight above the clouds was really cool. It was mm-hmm. beautiful. But again, when they were actually fighting, I couldn't see what the hell was going on. Yeah. The other comments that I had, if I can throw in a couple here. Yeah. Um, how about it? Who didn't see the the rise of all the dead people coming? <laughs> I I knew it was I, I knew it was gonna I happen. Didn't, but when, I didn't until about two seconds before, and then I went Oh no! <laughs> I was waiting for it because uh, I, I just like they're not burning the bodies. They're they're just laying mm-hmm. there. They're gonna there. come back to life, and everyone down in the crypts. That was my other thing. It's like you're sending all of the people to the crypts, I full know. of dead bodies, to fight somebody who raises people from the dead. And What's funny is I didn't think of that until the next day when they were busting <laughs> out of the walls. I just thought, okay, they're breaking their way down there. No. I never once put it together that. No, that's just the people who've been buried down there for centuries. No, well, not even centuries. You see, um, one of them was the the miser, the old miser from a couple seasons ago oh, really? that died. One of them, yeah. And then I think they're but saying anyone buried, right? They're saying one of them was Rickon. Really? And I was so waiting for Ned Stark to come out of one of those graves and have Sean yeah. Bean in here for another just paycheck, car- just carrying, carrying his, his head. head. No, I completely expected to see Sean Bean again when I, when I knew. It was the big fight, yeah. and when I realized they're going into the crypts and they're going with all the dead bodies, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I think actually one of the other ones was uh, Leanna Stark, the or jo- the sister or whatever. The sister that yeah. was one of the the zombies that rose from the dead too. So okay. I mean, that's I so saw, saw that, that one you coming. Saw that coming. A mile. Okay. I just See, was, I, I just didn't I know didn't when. Right before, 
It was, it was actually, I think it was when he was raising his hands. I was like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> you know? I just, it never crossed my mind. But, and I cool. mean, I like that they did it, but. Oh, I, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And it, 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 it helped show why you needed to take this guy out. Yes. He's unstoppable. He has an you infinite battle army. Him, yeah, you can battle him all you want. But anyone who dies is right back in his pocket. Unless like, you exactly, burn their bodies an, has, or. Exactly. He has an infinite army. So it, it, it helped highlight how he needed to go. Yeah. You know? And then, um, other than that, the whole, I gotta admit, the whole scene with Arya going through the library. That was cool. I was, like, waiting to get a big jump scare, which I'm glad I didn't get. And they really, no, they didn't really do it. My heart was was pumping. It's like, and it was, the the suspense was perfect. I'm sitting there, it's like, should I turn my volume down? Should I (laughs) (laughs) turn on the lights? Like, with me, you probably expected when she was under the table that one of them was just gonna pop into frame and get her, you know? Anytime, but they went more yeah. suspense with that, which and was cool. It was, yeah, it was really cool. And I mean, you know, getting out and still being chased, but no, yeah. I was that whole scene. My heart was pumping. Don't do it. I can't take it. I can't. <laughs> I can't handle another heart attack. <laughs> it's just another heart attack. <laughs> but um, all in all, good. besides you know the video quality and you yes. know not being able to see anything, I thought it was still a fantastic episode with you know very very little dialogue after constantly talking last week to get yeah. an hour and a half of episode with maybe what, five minutes of actual dialogue yeah, was pretty much it was good though um good direction good i mean yeah and seeing the end of uh no yeah another character that came full circle finally melisandra she was you know defending yeah. against the 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 white walkers and you know she, her job was done so she just went out into the field and died <laughs> which that was anticlimactic she, she, but yeah she pulled a bad guy from Last Crusade and just just became a skeleton. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yep. it for what it was. I'm excited to see what the next three weeks bring. Um, oh, absolutely. Sad to see it go. Um, nothing's really big in its place. I know they're trying to look at something for... I think they... I heard something about another think, Tolkien series. Like an, Oh, I think they've announced a prequel series for this. Oh, have they announced prequel? Okay. I and, think so. We still have Westworld, which I need to get caught up on, which, eh. Season 2 hasn't been that great. There I, are a few I really good episodes, yeah. though, but for the most part, Season 2 wasn't that great. I watched the first couple episodes of Season 2 and kind of just, it lost my interest, but... Yeah, no, I see that. There's a couple gems up. in the middle, but yeah, for the most part, it's not that great. The whole first season was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah. Any, anything else? I don't think we should talk about it much more. We're already a half <laughs> hour so. in. <laughs> I think so. Okay, so now we're going to move on to uh, the big part of our show, probably the part that I think most people are excited to hear about. We are going to talk our big review for Avengers Endgame. So as Cody said uh, at the top, if you do, we, we are going to do a few minutes of non-spoiler talk here. And you can, like you said, there will be time codes in the description on the episode itself. So if you just want to see where our spoiler talk ends, which we will let you know when we are going to jump into spoilers. But for the beginning, a couple minutes here, we are going to give just a very general uh, what we thought kind of review. Uh, and just so you can kind of go off that if you want to go see it, which I'll tell you right now, you should go see it mm-hmm. uh, before we jump into spoiling the big movie as a whole. So Avengers Endgame, the big <clears throat> finale to the past 11 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, movie 22 in the series. So Avengers Endgame, uh, like I said, this is going to be non-spoilers for right here. We're not going to spoil it. But I will go ahead and just tell you, 
It is incredible. I will have to agree. It was a fantastic finale. I mean, for, I mean, you're, you're going on, yeah, what you said, 10, 11 years of intellectual property. Well, I mean, combining all these properties. Yeah. Um, connecting all connect, these properties. And connecting them together. It's like, I, I don't see a better... I don't see a better way they could have done it. And not at all. Making it a two parter like they did with Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. Um You which speaking of which, I did see some people wonder if you had to see the other ones in the series. You may not have had to have seen every single Marvel film. It'll help, but you for sure have to see Infinity War. My friend and I were another friend of mine and I were talking the other day. What movies do they what movies do you have to see to see? I told someone the other day too. And I think I came up with Guardians, Ant-Man, and the Wasp. Maybe the first Ant-Man. The first Avengers. And I believe, Doctor Strange and Infinity War. And the first, I'd say the first Iron Man. The first one, yes, just to kind of see where it all started. But I don't think you would need to story-wise. But I think to get a good emotional impact for the whole movie, I think you could. My argument, you have to see 21 movies before you see Avengers. No, no. I mean, best case scenario, you followed this movie series from movie one up to this point. You will get the most out of it. Because this movie is the greatest example of a celebration of an entire series I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Everything you've wanted out of these past 10 years of films, all these 20, these other 21 movies is rolled up into one perfect finale. Cause it's really what it is. It it's really a series, ties the series together. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible. The acting is spot on. It's so good. <laughs> and, I mean the, yeah, like you said, the acting and I mean, we see, I mean, we've seen the acting before, but I mean, they even went beyond what they did in the other movies. To where, and every they brought. Oh, I was gonna say every character. I mean, gets a gets their moment to shine as well. Oh, absolutely. So, um, I'm in the back of my head. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> I, know, I know. Um, and I, and I want to make sure we get enough in here for the non-spoilers. But you know, honestly, there really is not much we can talk about without spoiling it. So I guess we'll just finish our non-spoiler part with. Like, would you recommend it? I think it would take out Age of Ultron as my number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it'd be, it'd be, it's hard for me to decide if I like it more than Infinity War, but I think it edges out Infinity War mm-hmm. just slightly for pure spectacle and emotion and just, I don't know, just everything about it was just so well done. Yeah. Um, so I very much recommend Avengers Endgame. As do I. It'd be an A plus or an A in my book. Probably an A. If I had to grade it. Um, I'm not okay, good at giving so, grades like not that. Gonna, not going to give it grade. Uh, okay. So here's where we're going to spoil this movie. So this will be the time code right here in the description that Cody's going to put down. You'll hear Thanos you. snap. Exactly. You hear Thanos snap uh, and you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want to get spoiled. Go look at the time code and see when we what to jump to when we get to the next part of the show. But at from this point on, we're going to spoil 
we're not going to we're not going to purposely spoil, but we're going to talk about the movie, and we're not going to hinder ourselves by not spoiling it. So we will spoil stuff in this next part. Uh, so if you don't want to hear those, please skip ahead because we will be talking about major plot points that will spoil this movie for you. So spoilers, 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 spoilers. Wait a second. Spoilers. 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 Okay, so hopefully everyone who hasn't seen it or doesn't want to get spoiled has. Uh, I'm not going to use Kevin Smith's uh, <laughs> uh, way to get people to leave, but hopefully they've all left um, so we can now talk spoilers. Uh, now everyone that's still listening, enter to win five. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enter to win $500. Um, <laughs> so Avengers Endgame. Uh, I, how much of this did I call last week, Cody? <laughs> You know, <laughs> I was I, I'm laughing as listening to when I was editing because I edited the episode we recorded before we saw it. I edited after we saw it, and I was laughing my butt off it. You know, uh-huh. just you know, Ant Man's gonna come back from the quantum realm, and he's gonna be the one that knows about time travel. And he's the one, and I mean, you called Nick called that one to a T. Oh yeah, and the fact that I mean, you know, a little bit was like I've been in the quantum realm for five years, but for me it was five hours. That was. Mm-hmm. That was, that, was you know, cool. that was cool and because yeah it was definitely uh surreal and i mean that was the biggest one um yeah and there I think little things there were another, yeah a few other little things but i i had i had to laugh at that one because i'm sitting there I was like, I, really yeah and let's talk a little bit about the, the plot there um i loved that this movie was a time heist oh yeah and I think during the movie, I even leaned over to you at one point and said, how great would this movie be if the time travel plot involves them doing a, doing a clip show of the past movies? And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what it was, which I'm not going to take credit for that because you know it, it was like maybe 10 minutes before it happened. And, you know, um, it's not like a week before. It was when um, we realized it was a time heist movie. Exactly. We already had kind of it was a time heist and they had to go get those stones or that they wanted to get those stones. But the fact it was a time heist was the fact that we get to see these scenes happen from different perspectives that we get to see uh, from the original Avengers what happened after they defeated Loki and the Hulk had to take the stairs. <laughs> so I, I, I I'm mad at you, though, for another thing in here. <laughs> what did I do? You wanted a talking Hulk. <laughs> and I got it. I think you know. got a little bit more than you bargained for. But mm-hmm. when he walked, when I love because we were talking, you know, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Ragnarok, seeing how much Thor got to talk, or not Thor, how much um, the Hulk got to talk. And we were talking that he was, you know, the intellect speaking level of a toddler and mm-hmm. reading the interviews saying that, like, how do we go back from him being able to talk to where he's, we don't know if we, we want him to talk <laughs> in the Avengers uh, back in the mainline series but then we just get bruce hulk you get professor hulk professor hulk or which is what he is in the comics it's professor hulk it's when bruce banner merged his consciousness right. with the hulk so he still retained his intelligence and his you know that was awesome come on that that <laughs> diner scene with the selfies oh yeah is incredible oh um, and he wears clothes now he wears clothes now <laughs> i no, that was fantastic that was just it's like it's just one of those things dang it nick and it leads to a great moment when they first jump to 2012 for the first Avengers when they tell Banner, you have to go be the Hulk. And he's out there and uh, he's smashing the car and he just kind of nonchalantly whips a motorcycle. <laughs> you know, like it's so, so well done. Um, 
I think we should talk about how surprised were you in the first 10 minutes they cut Thanos' head off. No, that was... <laughs> I can't say I expected it, but it didn't surprise me. Because it the, the whole thing was, you know, the time stones. But we knew that wasn't the end of them. Oh, no. Um, well, I could definitely see someone seeing that movie and thinking, okay, then there's either going to be no villain or maybe there's a different villain they go against. Because I, I can definitely see that people that argument people thinking that right but as we were talking last week they wouldn't introduce another big character during the movie like another big villain or another big hero so now i knew that wasn't the end of him because in the trailers i remember there was one very quick shot of him in his full battle armor facing down the avengers yeah so when they cut his head off it was still like oh wow like that's a really cool way to start the movie especially with thor's awesome line you know i went for the head." head you know um, but I definitely started to think, okay, what's, how is he going to come back? And I thought it was really neat the way they did it. Where up it's, the time it's, heist. Yeah, it's the 2014 version of Thanos, which was really cool seeing the juxtaposition from the 2018 where he's very much about, I, I just want to half the population, you know, I want to, I have a clear goal. And we're seeing 2014's Thanos, who was very different. He's much more brutal. Mm-hmm. And much more, like we see at the end, I'm not even going to use it to do this anymore. I'm just going to snap away your planet. <laughs> you know? no, he's th- he said he's going to snap away existence. Exactly. You know? And so just it was start just kind over. of like a cool, a cool way to see that. Like, yeah, this is a very different villain than that first film, but even though it is the same person, you know. Right. And then, I mean, because they, yeah, he changed his mind. I'm annoyed at Nebula. Because, I mean, it's just not like she would have known that was going to happen. Correct. But yeah. it, it's kind of sad that, 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 you know, she's had this, you know, turnover and then she was the reason that they got intercepted mm-hmm. and caught so i mean but it was a good character arc for her because i hated nebula nebula character wise mm-hmm. i just never thought she was that interesting but she had a lot to do in this film and i thought she did it really well yeah i was kind of, oops i was kind of um i kind of felt bad for quill the end but what can but that's just setting up guardians three yeah Guardians 3 is going to be all about him going to find Gamora. But now let's talk about the elephant in the room. And by elephant in the room, I mean Fat Thor. (laughs) (laughs) You mean Mac from season 3 of Sunny? No, I mean the dude. (laughs) When you leaned over and said that, and then the (laughs) next... I called that too! (laughs) Which wasn't really calling anything, it was just... We're sitting in the theater, um... (laughs) and he's sitting there, and Nick leans over. He He looks like the dude. Next line. Move over, Lebowski. <laughs> so good. Kidding. I am just mad because I didn't think of it. I know, but I mean, they were definitely going for it. The way his hair is styled, he's got mm-hmm. that big beard. He had the sunglasses on, and he had like the same almost type he of had sweater the robe that sweater, that yeah. Wears, you know? Um, but I didn't know if I was gonna like Fat Thor right off the bat, but because I, I wondered if they were just gonna play it for laughs the whole movie, and he was just gonna be like the new funny guy, which he does. He definitely is a lot of the humor in the film, mm-hmm. but. They did a lot more with him than I, and I was happy that they did. Like, I mean, he's a, he's because of, he's this way because of how just his torture he's been exactly for the past five years to the fact that he failed. And that's the reason everyone's gone. Like, mm-hmm. and I like that they, they did a lot of that. Like when they go back to, which whoever thought we'd ever go back to Thor, the dark world, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, when he has that great moment with his mother and he realizes he still is the worthy person inside. And, and I am happy that Korg is still alive and playing Fortnite. And I'm happy that he got his hammer back. Yes. Even though it, it took cool a little him. while. Well, the, the, the best part 
one of the best parts of the movie involves the hammer. Uh-huh. I mean, when he when Thor's fighting Thanos and you see the hammer wiggle, I thought, okay, he's going to grab the hammer and, and like knock Thanos out of the way. But the fact that that hammer goes, it literally like exactly like the Force Awakens, that hammer goes right past Thor and boom, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Oh that, man, how great was it? Our that, audience went nuts. That was an ex- yeah, that was not expected by me, but I mean. Yeah, and I, the audience loved it, and I I loved it. Set up, you know, in your favorite in Age of Ultron. Uh huh. Yeah, it was great. Oh, oh man, so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and, you know, we've talked about the exciting parts. We've talked about the the funny parts. I did tear up. Oh yeah, I didn't full out cry. Now we're sitting in the theater. Nick's on my left. Nick's mother's on my right. Last 15 minutes of the movie, she's gone. She's balling. <laughs> she's out of it. <laughs> she's out of it. Um, and, and let's just call it now. It's because of the incredibly emotional and heroic death of Tony Stark. Exactly. Now, the death didn't get me right away. What got me was mm. when the wreath is floating out and it has the arc reactor proof that Tony proof. Stark has a heart. That You did. You that over. My... Well, because you said this to me because... The moment that made that teared me up and got me emotional was so at the end of the movie, Thanos's army has come to Earth from 2014 and he's going to take over. Uh, he's trying to get the Infinity Stones, which all the Avengers have collected over this movie. And Thor, Iron Man, Captain America are fighting him and getting their their butts whooped. And so it's Captain America standing all alone with Thanos's army and Thanos bearing down on him. And all of a sudden, a portal opens to his left, and in comes Black Panther because by that point. Our heroes have had the Hulk. He, he wore a new Infinity Gauntlet that Tony made, and he snaps his fingers and brings all everyone back. All 50% of the population or universe that was taken away mm-hmm. all comes back. And the fact that they cut to the left and there's... And with the great line on your left, which is a callback to Winter Soldier, and then there comes Black Panther. And then the awesome, awesome 10 years in the making montage of all the characters coming out of those portals the game was incredible and that's the part that teared me up seeing and, and it also helped we had a really good audience i think that swayed some of my emotion too because when you have an audience literally screaming in cheer when <laughs> spider-man comes swinging in on his web like it was that moment that made me go i, I leaned over to cody and i went yep i i'm crying that got me <laughs> Because it's just such a I definitely rousing got chills. I was, uh, you know, chills chill up and, and down, and yes. I wasn't crying yet. It is such a rousing, like, oh, here they are. It's going to be so good. And then there's this awesome battle, and then like Cody saying, you know, Tony Stark dies, and they do the funeral, and and then when that scene happened, the funeral where the the breath comes out, that's when Cody leans over to me and goes, okay, yep, that's the part that made me cry. <laughs> but and you know, the first, I mean, the, yeah, when. The first portal opens like oh, they're back. Oh yes! So it went usually because Doctor Strange got snapped. Yeah, and so, it was such a good. And, and like I said, our theater experience is what helped this because the minute <laughs> Black Panther walked out, just yes, you know, our audience went nuts. Like you would think it's a Super Bowl and Tom Brady just threw a touchdown. Oh, well, and I'm listening. And I'm I I think my favorite line in that whole thing is is everybody here, and then uh, Wong just leans over. You want more? <laughs> you want more? I know. And then just to the lead up to the great, you know, it zooms in on Captain and then Avengers! Assemble! Burn! You get this massive, you know, dark two towers battle. You know? I, I mean, I just got chills with you saying that. When they said oh, Avengers Assemble, finally after 22 movies. Yes, and it's a true <laughs> assemble. It's, it's it, And that's what I was getting at when I talked to her about how it is a true celebration of the past 10 years. It is 
everybody. You know, save for, you know, like John Favreau's Happy Hogan. He's not running around shooting guns and stuff, you know, but no. it is truly everybody. Fury's not out there fighting. <laughs> no, you know, but it is just so well done. And you don't have that big emotional moment if you didn't have those perfectly laid out, well done 10 years of movies. And like it's a DC has to how good this is. Exactly. <laughs> it's a testament to how well Kevin Feige and Marvel did this. And a testament to two people we didn't really talk about. To the writers of this movie, and Fanny War, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can give a lot of credit to the Russo brothers, but if you didn't have these guys writing this and making it make sense, yeah. you have nothing. And they did it. Um, it's just so good. So even, I mean, even with, you know, they they were jumping around a little bit at the beginning of it. Like, with, um, like, look at the, the Incredible Hulk, the first Thor. They're not, you know, you don't ex- see how they're all going to tie together. And then, you know, we get into yeah, the first I, Avengers I and they start yeah, really throwing it in. And- it, it, it wasn't really until like Thor and Captain America that they really started tying stuff in. Right. Because I yeah. think more than I just mean, the teasers I mean, definitely, at the end. I mean, definitely they say it. Yeah, exactly. They say at the <clears> end, you know, you know, the Avengers initiative and whatnot, but I don't think they really started like weaving things into all the movies, actual stuff that, that really tied them all together. I'm still mad. We didn't um, get a full Howard, the duck movie. They teased that at the end of Guardians. Apparently, he's at the battle at the end. Apparently, he's in the battle at the end. I didn't see him. I didn't I, see I, him. I heard that online that he, he's he's running around in there or something. Um, well, Got to go back but, to the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do want to bring up Alan Silvestri's score mm. is incredible. I was telling Cody before we started recording. You know, I didn't get overly emotional during this. I, I definitely teared up and got like a little bit of crying going on, like when the Avengers, all the Avengers were coming in. But even during the funeral, like it was sad, but I wasn't like overly emotional because like Tony Stark, I love the character, but it just didn't hit me as hard as I thought it would. I was listening to the score while working out the other day, and I was listening to the theme that plays during the funeral. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> and I almost started bawling while working out. <laughs> And it was like, what the hell, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's just, it's that good to where I'm still thinking about this movie and it's and it's emotional and, and everything, like five days later. Mm-hmm. That's how good it is. I mean, how awesome of a moment is it when Iron Man gets those stones and it cuts to him and we had just had Thanos say, I am inevitable. And it cuts to Tony and it's, I am Iron Man. Snap. Like, God, it's awesome. <laughs> and what... His last line in the first movie is his last line in his last movie. Exactly, and it's, it's such a good way to bring that full circle. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so good. So um, I mean, it's interesting to see where they're gonna go from here. I know we're not like in the big MCU Avengers universe, but we still have you know Phase Four coming out with Homecoming or, or yeah, Far From Home, Guardians Three. Um, yep. I saw another which I, one which pop I pray up on Guardians Three is it has Thor in it. It's got to right the way they end this. That's what I'm hoping for. It's like yeah, it's it's Thor got for Guardians Three confirmed. Maybe. Yeah, it's got to be. They'd be stupid not to. Uh-huh. He's so good, and I hope he's fat for a little bit of it. I don't think he will be for all of it, but he's got to be fat for a little bit. Right, seeing him in the full costume, fat. <laughs> that was good. That's good makeup too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it. They definitely set up Loki's TV show. Um, when he teleports out of there with the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's going to be some alternate timeline stuff with that. Um, but no, I, I left the theater excited. I definitely plan on seeing it again. It's a three-hour commitment, but it's totally worth it. 
Um, just and go and enjoy watching it. watching it again, at least right when it comes out on DVD. Maybe yeah. going to see it again in the theater. I don't know yet. Just sit back and enjoy this this massive finale to a series 10 years in the making. And it is incredibly good. I cannot recommend this movie enough. Anything else? Final thoughts, Cody? Before we talk about this movie for three years. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think that's a good summary, and being that we just used the first half of the show, where we normally have 10 through 6. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, no, it's a fantastic movie. We laughed, we cried, we... We came home happy. We came home happy, and we didn't spoil it for the other people in the restaurant too much. No, <laughs> no. We lucked out it wasn't that busy, but I still didn't want to start screaming, Oh, can you believe when they did this? You know, not not like when I almost ruined uh Force Awakens for a poor <laughs> poor fellow at uh Applebee's. <laughs> um, I won't do that again. So but no, so Avengers scary. Endgame. Very, very good. Go see it. Very solid. I I, I, I cannot wait to watch it a hundred more times. Yep. So stay tuned for the live commentary MCU marathon, 54 no. hours. Oh, God. <laughs> did you see AMC did do a 52-hour marathon? Did. Imagine how bad that theater smelled after all that. Oh, God. Oh, my. I mean, I, de- I wouldn't do a uh, MCU marathon, but I could definitely see if you wanted to do an Infinity War and Endgame commentary one of these days. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, just double feature. And that's a little hint to some of our listeners at something we possibly want to do eventually is, is some commentaries and stuff. So stay tuned. Okay. So safe to say Endgame spoilers ending now? Yep. Endgame spoilers are ending now. We will not talk about... Well, if we do, it won't be spoilers. We will not spoil any more of the movie starting now. We get back to the regular part of the show with our draft. Cody. So in the middle of every episode, we like to take a look at our box office draft. So we have decided this week is going to be our finale for the first box office draft. I went through and added up all the totals for our movies again. Um, just fixed a little bit of rounding on some of the older movies that we're still making, you know, 10, 15,000 a week somehow. Uh, Beach Bum's still at $3 million. Um, but <laughs> to give a full summary of all the movies that we have uh, bid on this quarter of the year. So, myself, I bought Cold Pursuit, What Men Want, Isn't It Romantic, Alita Battle Angel, Fighting With My Family, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral, Greta, Beach Bum, Dumbo, Shazam, and Disney's Penguins. In total, I have made... $251 million from my bids to my profits. Did I make that this weekend? <laughs> I'm not going to say yes on that. But it's it's looking looking like it. But I mean, for spending... So in total, I spent $323 million. Mm. I only made $250 million. So I did not make a profit at, by any means of the word. Mm-hmm. So Nick's movies, The Lego Movie Part 2, The Prodigy, Happy Death Day to You, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, uh, Captain Marvel, Us, Best of Enemies, Pet Cemetery, Hellboy, Little, Missing Link, The Curse of La Llorona, and Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Avengers <laughs> Endgame, luckily we only look at domestic numbers <laughs> I, because I endgame has made over a billion dollars in its opening weekend in alone four days but domestically 
Nick has taken home three hundred and fifty-seven million with a hundred and two million profit. I was gonna say because I bet what uh, two fifty-five, right? Two fifty-five. Yep. So Captain Marvel way up there, four hundred million. How to Train Your Dragon, hundred and sixty million. Lego Movie, hundred million. Uh, couple couple not profit making which is somewhat disappointing nick only has one movie that or two movies that haven't made a profit and that's uh pet cemetery he bid 60 and it's only made 52 that's upsetting to see and missing link broke even for him which i mean i'm more more disappointed about pet cemetery because that was a big stephen king release but i couldn't say if it's the timing or or what well come out against shazam and captain marvel was still going strong i think yeah so um something like that'll do better on home video so nick in total spent 628 million dollars to come out with 802 million so nick did make a profit through this box office draft of almost 180 million dollars almost two million dollars 200 million dollars sorry and just because we're resetting today on this show doesn't mean he's not going to keep track because i still want to see how i do with endgame going over the next few weeks so he is going to keep track of that just as kind of like to let us know like you know it made this much so we're still going to keep track of that but it's not going to be part of like the actual draft we're going to start over today with what movies cody so starting over we reset the clock back to our 25 million dollar initial budget so we have two uh movie big movies coming out we have long shot and intruder the intruder sorry the intruder all right intruder is a horror film long shot charlie's theron and seth rogan comedy so all right cody we'll start with you it's still competing against it's still competing against endgame so i don't have too much faith in either of these no no me neither i feel bad for any movie opening this week and even next week Even next week Um, um well next week maybe we'll see um, next week we got Detective Pikachu. I think that's going to be another big far one. better overseas, I think, than here though. Oh, surely for sure, but it's we'll still got a, it's curious. still got a following in this mm-hmm. side of the pond. Um, so for long shot, I have put down five million, and I put ten. Okay, I think it'll break even, and that'll be it. <laughs> and then I just it's just a bad time for it to come out. It is, um, and then just for Intruder, I also put five. I put six. <laughs> okay. So Nick gets both movies, right. um, starting back at his you know twenty five million dollars to spend. So I still have twenty five million dollars. So technically, I'm winning right now. <laughs> I don't expect that to last, but um, that's it for this week's box office draft. Starting anew in our second quarter year of episodes, we've made it a quarter year, folks. This is episode thirteen. That's right. Good deal. So. Thank I you think all it's for fair. listening this far. Um, yes, thank you, everyone. Now, this is a show about ranking stuff. So how about we get to ranking something? That's right. Hopefully you've stuck with us this long. If you, if you just skipped to this part, that's okay, too. We'll get back to the full normal 10, you know, or more. I mean, we always kind of said we weren't going to be beholden to the, the 10, you know, limit like if we wanted to do top 15 or something like this we were going to do top five we're not just going to stick to we always have to do a top 10 so we were really okay this week with saying you know what let's spend some time on the two big things that happened this week that we knew we would talk a lot about and that way the episode's not four and a half hours long with with it with the top 10 so we thought you know let's just do a top five we'll do some good discussion on those we'll talk about some honorable mentions but that's what this week is as cody said and as i said earlier it's a top five tv television 
pilot. Those of you who don't know what a television pilot is, it is the first episode of any series. And that's what we decided to rank. And for no occasion, just other than we just thought that'd be a fun kind of, like I said, left turn from Marvel that we've done the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so this was a fun list to make. It was different. And I'll tell you what my criteria was, Cody. Mm -hmm. For me to consider something to be a good pilot, uh, it had to kind of be something that when it premiered and that first episode, the way the first episode is, has to have kind of been how the rest of the series is. Um, there are some outliers that I could have put on this list that definitely changed how they did the show for the series. But in terms of like how I did my list, I wanted to have something. So, okay, like, like this show, the way they started it set the tone for everything they did after the fact. You know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean. And I'm, so I, I followed a similar rule set on mine. Mm -hmm. um, my only other part of it was that I remembered it. Um, yes. like without, oh, without having to look it up and without like remembering pretty much that it was the first episode. It's like, yep. this is how this started. I only have one on my list that I went back and rewatched. I knew I wanted it on here cause I knew it's very good, but there were bits in it that I still wanted to remember. You know what I mean? But I, I knew it was the premiere, <clears throat> but all the others, right. like, yes, I could, I could tell you all the beats, yeah. you know? And I, I did, I didn't rewatch any, um, I rewatched part of one. But that was just to make sure that it was the first episode. There, there's one on here, and I'll just tell you, it's my number one, that I was going to rewatch purely just because I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> right. Not for research or anything, but just because, you know what, I want to watch that because I love it. Um, but and, and my list really says something about me. I don't know if it's good or bad, but we'll talk about that towards hey, the end. Um, that's fun of it. I know it's a few opinion. of these ended up being some of my favorite shows. A couple of them... I haven't watched I'll, in years. Oh, I'll tell you this: my five are shows. They're my. They're some of my favorite shows of all time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most most of mine are, but some, one like one of them, it's not not really one of my favorite shows. I'll watch it, but I know this episode as for a, as a pilot for this episode was perfect. So yeah, yep, and that's good too because I mean it's it's not necessarily what's the best show of all time because there's one on my list you could argue is nowhere near as good as the pilot, right? But the pilot was very good. Mm -hmm. You know, so okay, let's get into it, Cody. I don't remember. Did, is it my turn to go first? I think it is. Yes, it is. Okay, so for top five TV pilots, my number five is one that um, <clears throat> I'm just going to call it out right now. Uh, not necessarily the pilot is incredible, but more so this is the the biggest example on my list of one that I put on here because it set the foundation for what this series was going to be for the for the following forty some years. My oh. number five is Saturday Night Live. The pilot of Saturday Night Live. Okay. That's something I didn't expect. <laughs> no, and it was a last edition of mine. I was just kind of thinking about it, and I was going through shows I watched and stuff, and I was like, Saturday Night Live, just for what it is, should be on a list. For you know its what longevity, I mean? and for its, for its it, comedy. And, for and it, Yeah, and it really hasn't <clears throat> changed much for 40-some years, from 1975 to now. Um you know, they started with having a host. First host was George Carlin. They had their not ready for primetime players like they have now, which is your main cast, which back then was funny. There was only like seven or eight of them, not where we have like 20 of them now. Mm -hmm. And it was the same deal. It was sketch comedy with some music thrown in, more sketch comedy, and then it's done. And so like I said, this one, the first episode may not necessarily be the best episode of the series. It's not. I'm just telling you right now, it's not. But in terms of setting the stage and the foundation for what was going to come, 
that's why it had to make my list. A show that hasn't really changed format in 40 years. Exactly. I mean, the only thing I think, what, the only thing they've really added is some pre-recorded segments. Some pre-recorded segments, and they've added, like, the musical guest is much more of a part of the show now. Back then, it was sometimes they would have a musical guest. It wasn't every episode, but there still was some kind of music. Sometimes they had the cast singing. They had the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers. I was going to say, the Blues Brothers were Um, a musical guest, and they were just characters on the show with with the Saturday Night Live band. Whereas over the years, they changed it to where they made it so the musical guest actually performs twice, you know, and they added Weekend Update. Actually, Weekend Update, I'm wrong, was was in the first episode. So even that comes from that very first episode. So it was just, it had to make my list purely on the fact that over 40 years, they haven't changed very much. Mm-hmm. It has pretty much stayed that core show that you can go back and watch the first episode hosted by George Carlin and see kind of the blueprint for something that would continue. Like I said, it's still going strong now. I can't wait for Saturday. Adam Sandler's hosting for the first time ever. <laughs> you know, so. He, and, said, and you he know was me. a cast member before, right? Yes. And yeah. he had said for a, dec- for a long time, he would never host. But somehow they got him to do it now. Um, but you know me, Cody. I'm a huge comedy fan. I've watched Saturday Night Live every week for a long time. It's what I want to do, actually. It's my what my career goal is I want to be on a, a Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So when this come up, I was like, that has to be on my list. And like I said, not just for the fact I love it, but just as a the blueprint was the same from beginning to now. So at number, my number five is the pilot. I will just call it, I think they call it just George Carlin. Yeah. Saturday Night Live. That's all their episodes are called is the host and the musical guest. The host and musical guest, yep, which like I said back then I don't think they did, so we'll just say George Carlin. George Carlin. Pilot, Saturday Night Live is my number five. Cody, what's your number five? My number five, um, you know, <laughs> what? already in punt territory. Oh, okay. Um, So my number five, again, for setting the bar for this TV show, um, show that's been on the air almost 20 years, if not more, well, no, uh, 25 years almost. Um, So my number five is the pilot for South Park. You know, I Cartman thought about it. I thought about it, but I I didn't have space for it on my list. You know, it's on my it, it is on my honorables though. I'm surprised it's on mine and not yours. Because that, that is surprising as, to me as too, people. You know me. <laughs> as, as I know you, and you know me. I'm not the biggest South Park person. I'll not watch you. it. That's <laughs> yeah. You watch it, but. It really set the precedence for listening uh, to the movie soundtrack while working out the other day. <laughs> but it's it set the precedence for how that show was. The episode was oh, ridiculous. The episode, but um, and it shows like the creativity that they had because that was you know made out of construction paper and stop motion. That's when they were doing it the old way, um, and that yeah. set the precedence for the entire animation style for the show. Even when they went to being computer animated, it still yep. looks like cardboard on paper. Stop motion. Um, stop motion. And even like the references in that show or in the episode that are still like the, the whole anal probe thing is still yeah. referenced in the games. Um, yep. To, even to the point where they did an episode where they remade that first episode almost. Right. So yeah. they, and they've, I mean that, and that's the main reason. It's a memorable. I remember it as the first episode. I remember it. And it's... You can't argue that the show has changed that much. Not at all. <laughs> um, it's still the toilet humor. It's still the... Um, but the good writing, too. But the, And it's good writing for... I mean, even now with them writing it in two, three weeks, it's still... Or a week. Two, three weeks. A week. A week. <laughs> Well, the series, the season premieres, they have a little bit more time, but then they progress. That's true, and they, they they do bank some stuff too. Yeah, um, but for the most part, it's still being written that week. Yeah, but no, <laughs> and I, I I figured it had to be on my list just for the sheer, yeah, starting how the show is going to be, and I I think it's a fantastic reference of of the mm-hmm. of the show as a whole. 
No, I agree. And like I said, it, it, it was it was in contention, but I just had and, and other ones that I think I liked that were more incredible to me than South Park. I love South Park. I, I think South Park, so it got better as it went on. Mm-hmm. Um, the pilot's never been one of my favorite episodes. I think that's probably why it didn't make my list, but I, I get why you did. The same reason SNL is on mine. The pilot, as George Carlin episode's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's on there, like I said, same with like your South Park, for the reason that it's it's showing you what this show is going to be, for the most part, for the next, like you said, like, I think South Park's at like 22 or 1996. something. 1996. The 96? I think so. You sure? I think that's when wow. they said. I, I thought they were at like season 22 or 23. Um, but no, I love, you know me, I love South 23. Park. I just replayed the game a couple weeks ago. Like It's just, it's one of my favorite things to watch. If it's on, I'm going to watch South Park. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like it's on your list. Like you said, surprising it's on yours and not mine. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, cool. So South Park, Carbon gets deal. an anal probe. That's right. Number five. All right, Cody, what's your number four? So my number four, again, for setting the, setting the pace of the show to a certain point, they've kind of changed it up a lot in the last couple seasons. But so my number four is the episode, the first episode of Archer Mole Hunt. I know this is a show that you don't watch, Nick, Mm-mm. but it really sets up what the show is and who the characters are um, accurately. You you learn right away that Archer is this uh, cocky, full of himself, overconfident mama's boy. Um, within the first two minutes of the episode, you get that part out of it. Um, he's this, you know, super talented super spy, but he has his flaws. Um, he, you know, comes up with this plot to make him, to make people think that he's not like, uh, overdoing his expense report or, and, you know, framing people or wants, he, he makes up a mole that they, they try to get a mole into the agency, the spy agency, ISIS, Mm -hmm. Which, I was gonna say it's ISIS. It's, it? it was. Um, I was gonna say it's not anymore. It's correct? not anymore. But he basically fakes that there's a mole to get out of having to pay his expense report, and there actually ends up being a mole, and they catch him, and you know, Archer's lauded as this you know super spy, but I mean, they all know that he didn't. But yeah, it's it's a cluster of an episode. <laughs> But even like in the first five minutes, it sets up what most of the series turns out to be. Now they've changed over the past couple years with yeah, um, they, they've went really weird with it. They do a se- they're doing it season by season with different like Stranger Things and anth- not anthology yeah anthology the entire season much, is a, yeah. an anthology episode of Coma Dreams. That's I don't care if I'm spoiling it Archer. Coma it's all coma, they're all coma dreams really? the past three seasons have been or okay. the past two and the next season see, are I, all know, coma dreams I see dreams. commercials for them all the time and when I'm watching like it's always sunny or stuff like that and every season it's something different I'm like I wonder mm-hmm. what's up with that so it's all coma dreams it's all coma dreams um, who's coma archers okay that's cool um, a lot of people it, it's polarizing some people hate Perfect. it some people love it I find it awesome I because it lets them do something different Changing with the, but the characters are all the same mm-hmm um, the characters that were, you know, back to the pilot established in the first episode. So, um, and it's one that I always, it's an episode that I remember. If it, and then if Archer's on, I'll watch it. I mean, it's one of my top shows. So. I've seen, I've seen the pilot. 
couldn't tell you what happens in it other than what you just said. <laughs> I like and, and I like Archer. It's not one of my favorites, but I've I've watched I think at least the first season. Mm-hmm. Probably, but, maybe. Oh, so yeah, I have Mole Hunt as my number four. Cool. I figured Archer was going to be on your list. There's another <laughs> one that I'm assuming is on your list, but oh, you I'm sure it. we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, I'm very surprised. But Cody, you're two for two for animated right now. this list says something about me i I think that might change again okay so my number four is an episode titled and this this one is not necessarily uh gonna be something that's indicative of the entire series this one is more so it's just a very good episode that really gripped you and made you want to continue watching the show um i was gonna watch this show no matter what because i like these types of shows but i'll tell you i remember when it aired i said mom i i Called my mom over, she watched it with me, and she loved it, and was hooked from day one, and still watches it to this day. My number four is an episode of a show titled Days Gone By, and is the pilot of The Walking Dead. Um, written and directed by Frank Darabont, the guy who wrote and directed Shawshank Redemption, which was incredible that, hey, this guy did this, he's going to come do this zombie show on AMC. And I was familiar with the comic, but I hadn't read any of it. But this pilot is very good it sets up everything you need but also just being a good standalone episode. you could just watch this episode and never watch the rest of the series and it would still hold up as just a damn good hour and a half of television i think that's about where i'm at it's it's uh, you, they released it in black and white too and it's a really good transfer of that too um but it just looks great it sets up the world the, the fact that the episode starts with with rick getting shot and he's put in a coma and then it jumps ahead and he wakes up and it's this empty hospital and he leaves and finally the zombie apocalypse has happened while he was in a coma. That is an instantly gripping idea for a show and it, it hooks you and then you see your first zombie and it's the makeup is incredible and you get this good storyline with a character named Morgan and his son that's really emotional and Rick's trying to find what's happened to his wife and son Coral. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you get the awesome ending where he's riding the horse into Atlanta and it's just deserted. And then he rounds a corner and there's like 400 zombies. And it's just everything about this episode was was compelling television 100%. And it gripped me from that moment. Now the show has definitely, over the years, not lived up to that pilot. The show, even now, I don't think is, is anywhere near as good as the, that first couple seasons. They've, there have been some highs and lows. This season kind of did some good stuff, but also went just terrible again. Um, but it's, it's, it's a show that's polarizing, but you could, I think you can definitely get people to watch the pilot and they don't have to watch any more, but still love it. Like it's a movie because it's that good. I will say I, I definitely enjoyed the pilot. I remember, I do remember watching that at least I've watched a few episodes here and there. Um, but yeah. like, like you with Archer, I've seen it, but I mean, I couldn't tell you much more than what you just reiterated. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's so, it, it started that event, not started because it's been around for a long time, obviously, this type of stuff, but Walking Dead slowly reinvented event television again. Um, it's the it's still the hot, most watched show on television, even now, uh, every week, because I think this pilot was so engrossing and so, like I said, just digs its claws in and you can't get out of it. It's such a good show. That first whole, the whole first season's really good, but that pilot just completely blew me away and I love The Walking Dead. Days gone by is my number four. So moving on to my number three. <laughs> I get my phone out because I don't remember the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote those down. I, just, I didn't. I just wrote the show. Uh, but my number three is 
is a, is one that is kind of like the first episode of SNL that I put, where it's one that was more kind of setting the tone. Huh, first episode's called Pilot. Perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so my number three is the pilot for The West Wing. Um, one of my favorite shows of all time. I love The West Wing. I'm a big, I love politics. Um, this show was one that completely set the rules in that first episode how this show was going to be. It introduced all of these really good characters. You had, you had Rob Lowe's uh, Sam. You had Bradley Whitford's Josh. Uh, Allison Janey, CJ. All of these really good characters that set up the storylines they were going to do with them throughout the whole season. And then they slowly throughout the episode set up the character of President Bartlett, played by Martin Sheen, which is truly, to me, one of the greatest television characters of all time. And the show was written by Aaron Sorkin, who is one of the best writers of all time, one of the best dialogue writers of all time. And the episode, one of the characters played by Bradley Whitford, he is the deputy chief of staff. He go, He was apparently on a talk show like the night before where he kind of attacked a woman for being religious. And it causes a huge problem. The president wants him fired, we find out. And at the very end, the president comes into a meeting with this character and a bunch of other characters. Who are, they're having a meeting with this woman that he insulted. And she's trying to get them to, you know, basically, okay, well, you apologize. But for that apology, I want something. We want something. You have to either come out against abortion. Because the show, he's a Democratic president. And she said, we want you to either come out against abortion or come out against, you know, uh, uh, condoms in schools, like all these things. Basically, she, she's kind of like blackmailing them almost. And it's the introduction of Martin Sheen's President Bartlett is one of the greatest moments in television history. And it set the tone for how he was going to be the rest of the series. He comes in, gives this long, awesome speech about his his daughter being attacked by this religious alt like alt extremist group and whatnot and about. I can't even go into too much detail, but it's just so well written. He just tears this woman apart. And he does that throughout the whole series. He always, the joke throughout the series is he's so intelligent and knows so many just pointless historical facts that they'll say something and he'll just start rambling about some historical fact. And it's like, okay, let us know when you're done, you know? Um, <laughs> but it's just so good because that show was known for having really good characters. And like I said, this one is, is on my list for the reason, like I said, that it's, 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 it's set the tone and, and kept that trait of how the show was going to be told with really good character work and, and speeches from episode one all the way to the final season. Um, and it's incredible how you can watch the show now and the stuff they talk about syncs up perfectly with what's happening now. The pilot deals with a caravan in quotes, cause they're in boats of Cubans fleeing to come to the U S Ugh. And I'm watching it again yesterday because I want—I knew I wanted it on my list. But I wanted to rewatch it again to have enough info to talk about. And I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god, that's what's <laughs> happening now," you know. And and he has this great moment where he's talking about like, you know, these people are coming here with nothing but the clothes on their backs, and it's just such a moving, stirring speech. And it's like this is the pilot, and there are like ten fantastic moments in this 42 minutes, you know. And that's just how the show was going to be for the rest of the series. So I knew I loved the show enough. It had to be in my top three, this pilot. So the pilot of the West Wing is my number three. If you haven't watched the West Wing, I very much recommend it. It's a, it's a really good show. I have not watched the West Wing at all. It always, you should. It always it's seemed good. to be one of those old people shows like it's, JAG or it's really NCIS. Not. Or... <laughs> it's, it's, those, those are just so self-serious. 
this has a lot of good humor to it. Really good humor. Okay. Um, the very beginning, the character named Toby, he's very serious and very blunt. It's just who he is. He's very blunt. It's not going to BS you. Here's what's going on. He's on a plane. In the very beginning of the episode, the president crashes his bike into a tree <laughs> and like sprains or, or cracks his ankle. And so it's like a big news event. And Toby is the uh, communications director for the, for the president. And he's on an airplane. He's on his phone. And he gets a text that you need to call right now because the president's got an accident. And the steward says, sir, you need, to, you need to put your phone away. We're about to land. He goes, no, I'm not. She goes, well, yes, you do. It can interfere with our planes. He goes, ma'am, this airplane, he rattles off what kind of airplane it is. He goes, and it was just built three months ago in a factory in, you know, wherever. And he goes, so if my cell phone takes down this brand new airplane, there's something very wrong with this airline. Mm-hmm. Like, Which that's just, I mean that's always been my theory with airplanes as, you know, as a whole anyway with the whole thing with phones. And it's just the way that character says it that it's it's great and the the show has a lot of humor so don't look at it as oh it's an old person show which I can see how you could think that you see the commercials for it. I used to too but just on a lark one day about five or six years ago I needed something to watch on Netflix ah oh, the West Wing I love Martin Sheen I like Rob Lowe I'll pop this on and I couldn't stop watching it. It's really, I mean, you got two big really comedy good. actors, so it can't be awful, I guess. Oh no, not at all. And it's just, it's really good. So no, if you have something to watch or you need something to watch, I, I very much rec- recommend uh, the West Wing. The West Wing, okay. Uh, the pilot, West Wing's my number three. Cody, what's number three? So ready for me to be three for three on cartoons? <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Should um, I start writing it now? It gets worse. <laughs> but, oh my um, god. No, so my number three is, you know, I kind of, I think in the back of my mind, I wanted to put this on my list because this episode aired 20 years ago today as of the day of we're recording it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not what I expected. It's one of those episodes that I remember that it is the first episode and I remember the episode almost in its entirety. And that was one of my big things. So my number three that aired may 1st 2000 or 1999 crazy it's been that long the first half of the episode uh spongebob squarepants help wanted you only doing the first half hmm you're only doing the first half of the episode i'm only doing the first half because that's the segment that i remember okay because it's two seg. the spongebob was the second segment so one where he's just using the replower isn't it yeah wasn't that segment two? So there's really not much dialogue or anything right. in that. But the, the first episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, Help Wanted, where he's applying to be to work at the Krusty Krab. Um, everyone's against him getting the job there, but so they send him on the snipe hunt. They send him to find the big, like golden spatula, or the the ultimate spatula or something. And, and I love you saying spatula. Spatula. <laughs> because I call them that way, that now, and it confuses the hell out of people. <laughs> But uh, I laugh knowing why I say it. But so going going to find the 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 snipe, the 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 golden perfect spatula that he it shows his dedication that mm-hmm. carries throughout and his, you know, fun-loving attitude and then you know, at the end he saves the restaurant. When all the sardines come, he mm-hmm. puts on his tiny tim <laughs> which is incredible <laughs> that the pilot of that series starts with a tiny tim song. And, you know, he, he saves the day and then, it, I mean, it's, it really it sets the bar for the show. Am I wrong? No, not at all. Um, I it, love SpongeBob. I, I was just talking, uh, I had 
some family over last weekend. A cousin of mine, we were talking about, somehow we got on the top, topic of, oh, I know, we were talking about Spongebob. We were talking about the chocolate episode with that old woman. What are they selling chocolate? <laughs> and uh, and we were talking about Spongebob. And I, I I was like, you know, it's a show that if there's nothing on, I'll pop Spongebob on if it's oh, on. Oh, sure. Like, I can still watch the hell out of it. I love Spongebob. I haven't is, watched a lot of the newer stuff because it's still so on, many, right? <laughs> yeah, it's still going strong. And it's, sadly, Stephen Hillenberg, who created it, just passed away about six year, months ago or a year ago. Yeah, but almost a year no, ago. it's still going strong. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, at least I haven't watched much of the new stuff either, but I can still, you put on an old episode. I can probably quote it, or at least know beat for beat what's going to happen. Oh, sure. And I, I knew that. I mean, I know it was your favorite, one of your favorite shows for the longest time. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I love SpongeBob. So it's so stupid, and I love it. it it's my type of humor. It is. Um, mine too. And I, and I don't know. I, I mean, I. It's it's one of those episodes that I yeah always remember it as the first one. It sets up the it sets up the show. It sets up. Almost all the main characters. It doesn't really set Patrick up too much. No, isn't that crazy? But he's not. He's not in it that much. He's in it at the but very it really, end. Really, but it really sets up Squidward and it sets up Mr. Krabs. Exactly. And, um, well, I, you know, SpongeBob, of course, but in terms of tertiary characters. But yeah, it, it 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 sets it up and it's you know all gold from. And I mean, this it's one of the best episodes. I was yeah. I was reading the trivia on it though. It was not originally included on the first season DVD release. I have the first season, and it's not on there. Because they didn't want to pay the Tiny Tim estate royalties. Nope, nope, it's, it's not on there, because I remember it was one of the first things I wanted to watch. I bought it years ago. I we were probably still in middle school. I don't remember. And I bought it when, 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 when like DVD seasons were first starting. It's like the first one I bought, and I remember being pissed it was not on there, because I loved that episode. They eventually released it in as a special feature on a later season. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the fact that it's the pilot episode, it's what set it up, and then... They Which is always funny it. to me that you've seen, I've seen a lot of shows that have not come out with seasons of stuff or had to change their seasons on DVD because of music rights. And it's like, I get back to, so like Happy Days, for example, you can't get a couple seasons of that show because of all the music. You issues. can't get any of the Drew Carey show on DVD. And, and, and I get, even with Drew Carey, I get like back then they used the music because they probably never thought we were going to have this medium where you could put out entire seasons of shows for people to have. Right. Whereas now, I think that's a lot of times in contracts when they yeah, sign to do the to use these songs it's probably in there saying if you're giving us permission to use it in reprint on dvd but yeah it's, it's crazy that you know tiny tim he couldn't cost that much and one of the things that bugs me the most it's not always when it's you know a song featured in the show like watch house on netflix different theme song yeah when it's the main uh uh which one uh um, massive attacks teardrop is not on uh the know. wonder years is a different version of uh little help from my friends oh. that was on the, sh- the show when it aired Monk is the other one that I get annoys yes! me so much. It's a jungle right. out there is not played when you watch yeah. it on Netflix and that's or streaming. Such a staple, like it's it's crazy and that they can't. It, that's that that Monk's theme song was perfect. Randy Newman's yeah. "It's a Jungle Out There." Yeah, he's not making fun of short people. Like it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, that's cool. No. SpongeBob's on your list because and that is crazy. Yeah, that is today. It's twenty years ago today, which makes me feel really old. And, and it dates the episode. I mean, spoilers. We're recording on the first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. See you guys Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, help wanted. SpongeBob SquarePants. My. I do love uh, the moment in that so when that song's playing, and he's making the food and he's swiping the burgers as they're the done song. in in beat to the song. It was always one of my favorite moments. I don't know why. I just I love that syncing up like that. <laughs> but yeah, off the cuff. I mean, it's cool. It's there. So my number two. You ready for me to be four for four with animated? <laughs> Too bad. Oh my god. Too bad. 
I have a <laughs> you live gonna, action. You're going to go for five? I, 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 <laughs> my number two, one of my favorite shows and yeah, writing it. one of the episodes that really sets up where the show goes. You already know what my number two is? Oh, I wrote it down a while ago. <laughs> well, let's see if you're right. My number two, one of the pilots, I learned there were three pilots for this show. Um, one right. of the pilots for Mythbusters, the Jado Rocket Car. Is that what you wrote down? No, but I'm <laughs> now writing it in number one. No, I'm, I told you, this one's not an animated okay. movie. Oh, I thought you said or you were going four not, for four. No, I said I'm not going four for four. Oh, oh I misheard you. Oh, so, I no, I didn't, I didn't expect Mythbusters. I love that show. But the Jado Rocket Car Myth was the first of three pilots for Mythbusters, which I didn't know until I looked it up today, because I knew that one was the first episode. But I just wanted to see if that was what they counted as the pilot. And yeah, the format was a lot different back then, but with the Jado Rocket Car... They went balls to the wall, full on, on their first episode. They tied an 80-pound rocket to the top of a Chevy car. That was awesome. And it was to test if a car could, you know, get airborne. And I don't remember... This myth was so popular, and they they just did the myth so many times. They did it two or three more times after, like, throughout the series, to where I think I think it was the very first episode when they set off the rocket, the car just explodes. They they messed up or something. <laughs> That's um, that, right. That may have been the second time they tried it, thinking about it. Um, but to Discovery really put their cards on the table with MythBusters, letting them do that, ensuring them to do that, and then the team, you know, figuring out how to do that it's it's really a testament to where that show went and with their with the finale of the original run of mythbusters i'll call it because they've rebooted it with different hosts and it's not as good but the the finale they reference it they i mean of course they reference a lot of stuff in the finale because they're just destroying everything that they have left um which was cool but for for them to have that much faith in the show that they put all that towards it and rightfully so because that show made bank for discovery for a long time and kind of still is but i mean it it really sets up what the show was about i feel like it was a really good stepping stone for people who didn't like science to get into science it and engineering really which is really cool because mythbusters is a fun show and and it helped that they kind of got into the groove of uh, personalities, because mm-hmm. if you watch that first like season, Jamie and Adam really don't have distinct. I mean, they do, but not what they would. Right. Like they both tried to be like Jamie. Never ever tries to be like overly funny. Like Jamie definitely has some good quips throughout the series, but he he's more is stoic. That, he's stoic for sure that whole first season. Whereas Adam tries to be funny, but definitely is trying to be a little more serious too. Mm-hmm. So it's fun watching that show evolve, and especially watching that pilot and seeing just how far they've come. And mm-hmm. it's it's a good it's a good pilot. It's a, at least it's a good way to hook you with them blowing up a car. <laughs> and the first of the first of I'm assuming like thousands of cars blown oh, up. Yeah, they I don't know they they did a A to Z special episode of just the explosions. Really? Um, so just a a, a a a clip show basically. Yeah. Of their past 
just saying what their their favorite moments were and of course jado rocket always ends up in those compilations because it, it's what started it all it really yeah. is um oh absolutely they've you know they had you know ups and downs very few downs but they a couple there here was always there. there was always those episodes here or there where i'd be like oh i'll catch it next week yeah or and, i'll watch the next one and see what it is you or know, seeing something depends on what they're doing or seeing something busted that really disappoints you like the whole entire breaking bad episode it didn't disappoint me though because <laughs> i love that show so much that it just made me appreciate it more you know mm-hmm. like when they even though they did indiana jones with the whip you know that you yep. couldn't you couldn't cross the the ravine with the with the whip. It's like yeah, that sucks, but it's still it just makes me like those those shows even more because it's like if they're big enough to have their own episode, right? But you know. yeah, so straying from animation, my number two is the Jado Rocket Car episode of MythBusters. Sweet pilot, one of three pilots of I you know learned. That's crazy. I didn't know that either. Um. Moving on to my number two is something that we literally just referenced. My number two is the pilot to Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, now, I'm going to call it out right now. My number one and my number two are my two favorite shows of all time. I think I'd still, surprisingly, because I talk about Breaking Bad all the time, I think I would edge out my number one over Breaking Bad as, as still my favorite show, but any given day, either one. But I still put them, even if even if they are my favorite, I still think these Two are still very good. But the pilot to Breaking Bad is my number two. Um, this is another example of a show that hits the ground running and hooks you from moment one. Um, it's no surprise to Cody that Breaking Bad is on here probably. Not at all. Uh, it's, it is. It's like I said, it, it's any given day. It's my favorite television show of all time. I cannot tell you how many times I've rewatched the entire series from start to finish. It's at least over 15 times. Because when I was studying stuff in college, it was on Netflix. If I had work to do, guess what was playing in the background? A random episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, but the pilot laid the groundwork for everything that was going to come. Uh, it, it set up your, your I'm not going to say hero. <laughs> um, anti-hero? But it, it set up your anti-hero. It set up your protagonist and Walter White, this mild-mannered uh, chemistry teacher at a local high school who finds out he has lung cancer. He's never smoked a day in his life, but has lung cancer. And his brother-in-law, Hank, works for the DEA, and he decides to go on a ride along with him. And uh, he finds out there's this drug dealer who's selling meth, and it's the next student of his. And he finds out that you can make a lot of money making and selling meth, crystal meth. Obviously, very illegal, but he's decided he's going to work around that because he wants to make enough money to prov- – because he has they're, they're very poor. His son uh, has a lot of medical bills because he has cerebral palsy. Uh, they have a baby on the way. And so he decides in order to provide for his family when he's gone, funeral costs, just to, to let them live their lives after he's, he's died. Cause he's only given like six months. He is going to hook up with the sex student named Jesse, make and sell crystal meth and save all that money away. He needs to make $747,000 is his goal. He needs to make. And they set that up in that first episode and all that comes back later. They set up so many little nuggets in this one pilot episode of stuff that's going to be called back in later seasons of the next five years in a show that is arguably, if you look at pretty much any list, one of it, it, the first, the top two slots are usually either breaking bad. It usually are breaking bad in the wire. And it's just a matter of which one's first and which one's second breaking bad to me is like the best television show ever made. Possibly my number one, like I said, and they flip flop either day, but in just terms of what people list, it's usually breaking bad. Um, and it's because of this pilot. I, 
<clears throat> loved Brian Cranston before this show because I, I watched Malcolm in the Middle for its whole series where he was very goofy, very funny. And out of, on a lark one day, I saw this box, this, this first season DVD at a Target. <laughs> I was looking for something to buy. Was it Brian Cranston in his underwear? He did that on Malcolm in the Middle. I wonder what this is about. Read the back. Oh, it's a drama. Oh, I'll buy this. It's like 10 bucks. Took it home. I think the first season's like six or seven episodes. I plowed through it in one night. <laughs> I started it and could not stop and was blown away by how good this show was. Seeing how good he was. Everyone is so good from minute one. Sometimes you watch a pilot of a show and you go, wow, you know, those guys were good, but I can't believe how great they got throughout the series. Like, even their ability got better. Acting ability. They definitely hit the ground running. They hit the ground running. The actors in that show are good from second one to the last second when Walter White's looking up at the camera dying in the finale. Like, it is incredibly well Spoilers. done. Spoilers. Well... <laughs> They should know by now. We spoil all this stuff. The show is right. like the show is like six years old. It's been done for like six years, right. which is surprising to me. Which we're getting a movie, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I I knew Breaking Bad's pilot was on my list. It was a matter of which one, number one or number two. So it's my number two. But it's just if you you haven't watched any Breaking Bad after I've told you to for like fifteen years, have you? I'm on like season five. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. And I thought that's so, good. I'm I'm most of the way through the show. I've stopped. I stopped a little. You've got while the good back. stuff coming, dude. Yeah, I know. But, um, but if you watch even that final season, you watch the final season, there's stuff they call back to that happens in this first episode. And that is such superb writing by Vince Gilligan that he can do that. He can set something up and and it's just such a simple premise on paper. When he wrote down the original premise, it was Mr. Chips becomes Scarface. Mm-hmm. So originally when he pitched it to AMC. And that's all he had. And that's really what the show is at its heart. But it's become so much more and it built on that first episode. And I love it. Breaking Bad Pilot, my number two. All right. So uh, I got honorable mentions. Oh. Yeah, what do you got? Um, you know, these, just, would, these, would, these would definitely be on my top ten, but we just didn't have time. Yeah, and I'd say, I mean, besides West Wings, Saturday Night Live, I didn't think of. Um, say I, I probably only watched Walking Dead's pilot. Um, I didn't want to go, like, too super all animated. I probably could have had all of Seth MacFarlane's stuff on my list for great pilots. Um, well, they with with the Family Guy pilot, and then they reference back to the pilot, or they reference it back to the pilot. Where, that was cool. Um, it it it's held strong, and they compared it to it, like comparing the episodes to how they looked then. Like for the animated stuff, you know, the animation changes so much. Even so, the voices. Looking at even the voice actors. <laughs> Because yeah. it was a different Meg. Lacey Chabert, yeah. Um, wow, she sounds like someone that's about to throw away a massive opportunity. And then, I mean, of course, Simpsons roasting on an open fire. The first full episode after yeah. branching off from the Tracy Ullman show. Uh, yep, I thought about Simpsons too, but it would probably be on my top ten. Right, but we're not doing a top ten this week. That's what I'm saying. That's why they're <laughs> honorables. <clears throat> um, I have Smallville. Um I'm a big Smallville fan. That definitely set up how they were going to treat the Superman mythos for the entire 10-season run. Uh, Supernatural. I'm a big Supernatural fan. And that definitely set up the dynamic between the brothers really well and like kind of the monster of the week that they've become known for. Uh, Arrested Development is one of the more near-perfect pilots of an entire of anything because it is so perfectly cast and so perfectly well-written. There's kind of like Breaking Bad and, and Family Guy. There are stuff, there are jokes they make in the pilot of Arrested Development that come back, like even in this new new season that came out about a month ago. It's crazy. It's so well written. 
And then my last honorable mention was The Office. I usually use The Office as an example when I'm telling people about shows that were consistent from episode one. The Office is usually one I bring up. You watch the first episode, The American Office, one with Steve Carell. You watch the first episode of that, it's exactly how the rest of the season, the series is. Mm-hmm. No characters really changed. I think the only character that really changed was Kelly uh, throughout the season. First series, first season or two, she wasn't really like the ditzy that character she became. But other than that, everyone is exactly who they are and know who they are from that first episode. So I, The Office would be my last one. Maybe South Park, but I only wrote it down because you brought it up and I forgot about it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way it is. <laughs> so, on to Nick's number one. So my number one, as I said, I think is probably my favorite episode, show of all time. Um, between that and Breaking Bad? Between that and Breaking Bad any given day. But I think pound for pound, this is to me, the best pilot of television ever done. My number one is the pilot to Lost. You know, I was going to have Lost as another honorable mention. Yep. The pilot to Lost, to me, is the perfect, the best episode pilot episode of television ever put to film. The way this episode gripped you is like nothing that's been seen before or since. The, and I will say, honestly, with the Lost pilot, if the show, if they had a better pilot, they probably wouldn't have crashed. <laughs> which i honestly have that written in my notes <laughs> i was like you oh, wanted to make that i did but I, when, I wrote, that joke when for... i wrote lost pilot on my list when i was coming up with this i was like lost pilot oh yeah okay well they probably wouldn't have crashed they had a better pilot uh which is true <laughs> no but the lost pilot i remember i remember watching this episode live on i, I didn't watch breaking bad's pilot live westwing i haven't walking dead i did snl obviously i wasn't even born um but I remember sitting down to watch the Lost premiere live with my family and being blown away. The fact that show opens with a plane crash on an island with the chaos, like just throwing you into this chaos of what it would be like. Literally, this plane had just crashed. You know, when Locke looks over and sees the guy get sucked into the jet engine. That's what always that. sticks with me is the guy getting like, sucked into the turbine. Yeah. The the mysteries they set up in that first episode where, I mean, you don't know yet that Locke was in a wheelchair before he crashed, but just the little hint they give when he first wakes up and looks down at his feet and they're moving. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it, not thinking anything of it until you get that reveal a few episodes later. Like, oh my God, this guy was in a wheelchair. How? What? You know, you, you get the setup of Jack being a doctor. You get kind of him's first interaction with Kate. You get you get so many good characters and it was a two-parter, so I, I'm kind of lumping both of them together as one. Sure. Um, but you get so many good introductions to all these characters we're going to love for the next six seasons. And yes, I know people are going to say, well, you know, the show wasn't as good as it went along. I, I, I agree with that. It never hit the high of the pilot, but the show, to me, I love it, no matter what. It definitely had some lows, but to me, the highs of this show, I'll match those lows tenfold. I absolutely love this show. Yes, it didn't answer everything that it, that it set out to show, but I don't care. The pilot was <laughs> so good. The fact that the pilot opens with Jack opening his eyes on the island and the dog next to him. They end the series with that, Cody. <laughs> That's how the series ends is his eye closing with the dog next to him. It's mm-hmm. awesome. So like, like the, just the stuff like that. And, and they set up the, the smoke monster. They set up some kind of creature in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, they set up the others. Like They just set up this mystery that was going to build over the next, especially the first season, which was where the big mystery was. Right. Um, which is so that, good. That show was all full of crazy mysteries and jj just kind of kept us all on our toes 
Yeah, it was good. Apparently, it was the most expensive television pilot filmed at that time. It cost like anywhere from ten to seventeen million, mostly for them to get that full airplane on the island, on the beach, in order to actually film that scene, uh, the parts of it at least. Right. Um, but it's just so they good. They just really crashed just, a plane and yeah, destroyed and, you a know, hundred million dollar plane. Yeah, and just the behind the scenes that that Jack was supposed to die in that pilot at the end of that episode. Oh, but really? they loved what Matthew Fox was doing so much, literally almost like a week before they filmed it, they decided, or like a month or so, I, it was really close to when they were going to film it, to change it because they loved what he was doing with the character. Yeah, he was supposed to die. It was originally written Jack was going to die, which is incredible because he's the main character now. Right. Um, but I just, like I said, I, it, it truly is probably with Breaking Bad my favorite television show of all time. But I just think even if Lost wasn't my favorite show, the pilot would be my number one because it's so good. It's so good. Lost is my number one. All right. So Nick knows my number one. Yep. Um, one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite setups for a show, um, one of the, uh, 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 you know, something that has a lot of foresight into the show, and it's, you know, the the plot of the first episode of Futurama, Space Pilot 3000, is... The I mean it's it is the premise of the entire show. He gets knocked into the freezer, thought out a thousand years later, and that's the show. But you know the foreshadowing in the episode, you the very little foreshadowing. I mean, you see the silhouette of Nibbler, who is who pushed him into the. Um, but you know we don't get that explained until. Shoot, end of first season, beginning of the second season, I think end of the first season. Um, mm-hmm. But for that, and then they go back constantly. And, you know, with the ex- explaining why he was pushed in, explaining um, how, like, the the whole time travel thing with the, the movies later on. Um, and I think the biggest reason this is on my list is because it is my favorite show, like, mm-hmm. ever. Well, like I said, I mean, <laughs> I, I still probably would have Lost on my list as my number one, even if I, it wasn't my favorite show. But there is a little bit of I want it on here because I love it's both Breaking Bad and Lost. You know what I mean? But I still just think it's a fantastic pilot. But there is a little bit of that. It's my favorite show, so it's got to be on here. But with um, Futura- with Futurama, they, they introduce a few aspects that they don't even bring back up for years that it's it's kind of funky how they do some of the stuff to where you know they're assigning him his new job in the future and they're embedding it in his hand they don't talk about that for another maybe three seasons <laughs> um really it's uh well two seasons maybe um and then it really doesn't come up that much uh the only characters that are really introduced are Fry, Bender, Leela, and the Professor. And, I mean, they're the main characters of the show. I mean, the three, first three at least. But it carries out throughout the entire series. And it starts the... It kind of starts the love interest that, you know, Leela's going to be the love interest throughout. And it's on Mm -hmm. again, off again. Um, It ends happy in the end of the series. Um, And with the way that they ended the series, it's cyclical as they want you to think it is at least to where Mm -hmm. when the series ends, you want to go back and do it again. And when the series finale aired on comedy central, I remember it ended the episode 
And immediately after the credits, the pilot started back up. Because they wanted it to show it's you want to do it all again. And it just starts over. So we get the pilot twice. Um, let's see. What else do I have to say on Futurama? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, and it's, it's, I mean, we get a lot more character introduction in the second episode. The series has landed. Um, and, I, but the first episode, I mean, it sets the bar. I mean, we, we know the premise of the show. It's a guy that's sent a thousand years in the future and he has to figure it out. And yeah. Cool. My ideas aren't as well thought out as Nick's, <laughs> but that's par for the course. <laughs> um, I like Futurama. It's never, never, I didn't like it anywhere near as much as Simpsons and Family Guy and that, but I like Futurama. I, it blows those out of the water for me. Um, <laughs> but like when I was first putting together my list, it blows the Simpsons out of the water. Lately, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that's right. unfair. <laughs> um, but no, for. You know, putting together the list, the first thing I was looking at when I was putting together the list is like, do I want, I, I could have made my list Futurama, Simpsons, Family Guy, American Dad. Yeah, all the stuff you'd love watching now. Right, but it's um, but Futurama is one of the ones that I, I'll, I'll watch from the start and or watch it on shuffle mm-hmm. even. Um, so that's why I wanted to do my list kind of like that too. I wanted to have ones I definitely loved. But like I said, Lost was definitely one that I think would be on here regardless of whether or not it was my favorite show. But I yeah. wanted to have like the West Wing, which isn't my favorite show, but it's definitely in like my top twenty. But I just think the pilot's really good. SNL, you know, probably my top ten, but it's it's a good pilot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's set the stage. You know, Walking Dead, nowhere near as good as it used to be. It's not one of my favorite shows right now at all. But the really? pilot's really good. You know, I'm but I definitely wanted on. to have kind of a mix of both. But I knew Breaking Bad and Lost to be on here because I love those shows. But it's just and good shows. Sure thing. Cool. But, so. We thought we were going to make this episode a little bit shorter, but it doesn't seem to have turned out that way. You never know. There's some editing to do. Um, but uh, we hope you enjoyed everything. If you want to leave us feedback, go to our Facebook page. Go to our website. Leave us comments. Um, GetRankedMoviePodcast.com uh, Facebook, Get Ranked Movie Podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on not as much... Uh, not as much. Facebook's the way where is the place to go if you want to ask some questions or engage with us and whatnot. But a little bit of housekeeping. Um, our do you have on this? Do you have anything else to add before I get into it? No, nope. Go see Endgame. Good go movie. see Endgame. Um, get ranked. A movie podcast would not be possible without DigitalOcean. All of our episodes are hosted there. Our website is hosted there. You can get a sixty dollar account credit by using the link at the top of our website or going to GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash DigitalOcean. Dynadot. Get your .com, .org, .net, .whatever. You can get a small account credit if you use the link at the top of GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or go to GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Dynadot. Blue Apron. Skip the store. Get fresh ingredients delivered straight to your home. Get $60 off your first three boxes when you use the link at GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or enter GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Blue Apron. Okay, so with that, that wraps up our episode for this week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed our reviews of Game of Thrones and Avengers Endgame. I'm sure we'll keep talking Game of Thrones as the season continues and concludes. Oh, for sure. The series concludes. Um, 
Hopefully we got you excited to see Endgame. Hopefully we didn't spoil it for you. Hopefully you skipped ahead if you hadn't seen it or didn't want to hear about it. And hopefully you enjoyed our top five. Next week we will go back to our top ten um, with some news and whatnot thrown in and, and, and general tomfoolery. Uh, so for this week, I am Nick. And I am Cody. We'll see you next time. All music and movie clips included in this podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of the movies discussed and no infringement is intended. Get Raked, a movie podcast, episode 13, TV Pilots.